midweek when the midweek news broke that Teo Dezar yeah. wasn't going to be playing in this game. Growing sport and to do it on a university campus with an educational message behind it. Uh, they'll be facing off against uh, all the big teams from uh, the, all the other conferences and the nationals. Want to be a CITR sports broadcaster? Looking for a cool way to get involved in UBC sports? Then email sports101 at citr.ca or come by our station in the nest to find out more. See you soon. Do you want to know more about human rights abuses, global issues, and international politics? Are you interested in writing to foreign and local governments in response to global crises? Are you ready to give peace a chance? If your answer is yes, then Amnesty International UBC may be the club for you. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash AIUBC or send us an email at amnestyubc at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to the Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting live as always from unceded Musqueam territory. And currently the UBC Thunderbirds have started off their playoff push for hockey and basketball. Volleyball still has another week to go in the regular season. And we will kick things off with men's ice hockey. And they were knocked out of the Canada West quarterfinal in two games by the University of Calgary. On Friday, it was a 5-4 triple overtime loss, the second longest game in Canada West hockey history at 102 minutes and 42 seconds. The third-ranked University of Calgary struck first with Danny Gale slipping a shot past Derek Dunn at 7.09 in the first period. The Thunderbirds weren't phased, though, and defenseman Riley Gunther fired a slap shot from the top of the point past goaltender Matt Greenfield to tie it up midway in the first. However, the uh, Dinos got their lead back five minutes into the second as Parker Bowles got one past Dunn. And UBC got their first power play of the game shortly thereafter as uh, Calgary captain Dan Gibb got called for boarding. And Anthony Bardero gave UBC their second goal of the game with the assist to Jarrett Smith and Austin Vetterall at 8.30 of the second period. Five minutes later, the Dinos star Elgin Pierce grabbed a power play goal of his own with the assist to Bowles and Dow to give Calgary a 3-2 lead over the Thunderbirds. The Dinos dominated possession through the first 40 minutes, but the Birds came out strong in the third as Luke Lockhart and Adam Rosignol combined for two goals midway through the period to give UBC their first lead of the game. It wasn't to be, though, as Dinos defenseman Kane Franson was able to tie the game at four goals apiece with a wrist shot at 17.06 in the third period. And UBC started overtime on the penalty kill as Nick Bonacici continued to serve a late third-period slashing penalty. Uh, They were able to hold on, though, and neither team was able to solve each other's goalies through the first two overtime periods, despite a combined 35 shots on goal. Finally, Dylan Busanius beat Derek Dunn with a shot that snuck through traffic just inside the post to give Calgary the first game in the best-of-three series. In the game, Derek Dunn made an insane 51 saves on 56 shots, while at the other end, Matt Greenfield saved 41 of 45. Adam Rosignol and Austin Vetterall both managed two points for the Thunderbirds, while seven other Thunderbirds players got on the score sheet in the game. And Dryden Dow led Calgary with a game-high three assists. 
On Saturday, though, the Thunderbirds were not able to win the game as they lost 5-2 to and lost their playoff hopes. After an exhausting triple overtime game the night before, the Thunderbirds started the game off with a ton of energy, managing seven shots on Greenfield in the first period. Calgary scored first again as Braden Doucette scored off the first power play of the game with the assist to Dryden Dow and Adam Kambitz at 7.30 of the first period. The Thunderbirds hit back only 59 seconds later when Jarrett Smith beat Greenfield for his first career playoff goal, assisted by Luke Lockhart. Manraj Heyer gave UBC the lead at 17 minutes of the first period, banging in a rebound from Anthony Bardera on UBC's first power play of the game. UBC wasn't able to get too much going offensively in the second, getting only five shots on goal all period. And unfortunately, the Dinos got the best of the birds with two goals in the span of four minutes to close out the second, as Dow and Cambit solved UBC's stifling defense to put the University of Calgary up 3-2, heading into the second intermission. And with their season on the line, the Thunderbirds came out like a bat out of hell in the third period, peppering Greenfield for 17 shots. And playing desperate hockey, UBC gave up some good opportunities, and the Dinos eventually capitalized as Chris Collins got a fast break on UBC at 12 minutes of the third period to make it 4-2. Pulling done for the extra man with only a minute and 20 seconds left in the game, Calgary forced a turnover in their end, and Danny Gale put the game away with an empty net goal for his second of the postseason to give Calgary the series. Derek Dunn wasn't particularly sharp in this one, saving only 17 to 21 shots, while Greenfield put up a wall on the other end with 28 saves on 30 shots. Rookie defenseman Jarrett Smith was the only Thunderbird to get two points in the game, and Dryden Dow got a second consecutive three-point night for Calgary to lead their offense. All in all, it was a rough season for UBC as they lost six of their first seven games to start the year. The Thunderbirds were awful on the power play, managing only four goals with the extra man all the way up until late January. The team put together some runs with either thunderous offense or choking defensive play, but rarely they could get both at the same time. We saw flashes of absolute excellence like the second period four-goal outburst in the Winter Classic, but never enough consistency to truly challenge the top teams for the league title. However, with that said, there were some positives to be gleaned from the season. UBC had a legitimately dangerous top line this year in Anthony Bardero, Austin Vetterall, and typically Manraj Heyer as the third man on that unit. Uh, Jarrett Smith turned out to be the perfect replacement for outgoing captain Neil Manning, and Smith led the team offensively from the blue line as a rookie. UBC was absolutely lethal on the power play to close out the season, potting 12 goals in the last 10 games with the extra man. Uh, the, penalty, the penalty kill improved as well by a full 5%, and that was in the last 10 games of the season. And Derek Dunn emerged as the best option in net for UBC over the floundering Matt Hewitt, who started most of the games last year. And with Dunn only in his third year, there's a lot of room for him to grow still. And growth seems to be a common theme with this team as they only had one graduating senior, Joe Antilla, who was more of a defensive specialist this year. Head coach Sven Budenshawn had only a couple months between replacing outgoing head coach Adam Schell 
and UBC's first game of the season. And if the strong play from the Thunderbirds down the stretch run is any indication, this team may have just needed time to adapt to a system to truly hit their potential. The only, uh, well, we've seen success with uh, UBC's team in the rookies they brought in this year from the NCAA, like Amelia Bond and Cassandra Vilgrain. And perhaps Van Budenshawn will also tap into the NCAA to bring in some elite newcomers to bolster the program's already fairly solid depth. Uh, if there's one thing that's certain, it's that the outlook for this team going into next year is much brighter than it's been in a long time for the program. And UBC's leading scorers for the 2016-17 season were Anthony Bardero with 30 points and 14 goals in 28 games. Austin Vetterall with 24 points in 26 games. He missed two games to injury back in January. Manraj Hire, the third man on the top line, got 20 points in 22 games. And Luke Lockhart was surprisingly effective in a depth role. He was excellent on the penalty kill, uh, managing a shorthanded goal even. And... Uh, got 18 points and 9 goals in 28 games, the 9 goals being the second highest total of any player on the team. Joe Antilla was also awesome with 18 points in 28 games playing on the third line. And defenseman Jarrett Smith with 16 points in 26 games to lead the defense. He had double the points of the next highest scoring defenseman, Michael Stenerson. Uh, Nick Bonasisi, Chase Clayton, and Adam Rosignol were all also effective in depth roles. Clayton was excellent on the penalty kill and managed a Canada West high three shorthanded goals this season. So the outlook for this team moving forward is quite good considering Joanne Till is the only graduating player. The blue line will be very experienced come next year with uh, many of their defensemen in their fourth or fifth years. And Anthony Bardero again expected to lead this team in scoring and expected to challenge for a league title in scoring as well. And we will take a quick PSA break and return with a women's ice hockey update. You are tuned in to the Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9 FM. Stress lately? UBC Yoga Club is here to offer you a peace of mind. Come out to any of our 17 weekly classes running 7 days a week ranging from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. We have a class to accommodate your needs and abilities. Check us out at ubcyogaclub.com. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Hey folks, the Pride Collective at UBC is an AMS resource group for LGBTQ plus folks. All our events and resources are free, so you should check us out on Facebook or come to Nest 2103 and say hi. We have so many fun events every week. We are the UBC Musical Theatre Troupe. We aim to provide the joys of musical theatre to everyone on campus. Whether it be by participating in our productions, joining our band, or working backstage, we welcome all levels of experience. Check us out on Facebook for more information. 525,600 This quarter magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Your 
favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater, check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. Welcome back here to the Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM. And we will now move into women's ice hockey, who had a bye week last weekend. As the top-ranked team in Canada West, they were entitled to skip the quarterfinals and move straight to the semifinals. And they will be playing the University of Saskatchewan at home. Uh, University of Saskatchewan was the fourth-ranked team in Canada West this season. All four of the top teams are advancing to the semifinal. And Saskatchewan's also the only team this season that's beaten UBC twice. This women's team, if you'll remember, uh, is the best team UBC has ever fielded with a ridiculous 15-game winning streak during the year and 22 wins on the season, which is a program record and one of the highest records in Canada West, actually. I believe that would be good for top three with a record currently at 23 wins in a season. Their first meeting of the season came on October 7th and 8th, and University of Saskatchewan lost the first game 4-0 before beating the Thunderbirds 5-3. With that 5-3 loss, the Thunderbirds then proceeded to go on a 15-game winning streak, and that came to a grinding halt when they pulled Alberta in early January, and another loss followed that against the University of Manitoba. UBC went on a two-game winning streak, beating Saskatchewan 2-1 in double overtime on January 20th. And January 21st, Saskatchewan taking UBC in overtime and winning 5-4. This will be a tough series for UBC by all accounts. Uh, Saskatchewan with the best goaltender in Canada West this season. And UBC with a healthy roster, you got to like their chances, even though Saskatchewan is a strong team. This UBC team is the top-ranked team in the entire country this year and for once will be the favorites at Nationals, something that hasn't happened in UBC women's hockey ever. And you will be able to catch that on CanadaWest.tv this weekend and CITR will actually be broadcasting the Friday game at 7 p.m. Uh, the Saturday game coming at 7 p.m. And if necessary, since it's the best of three, the Sunday game will be at 3 p.m. All of these games will be at the Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Center at UBC. And following that, the next week we will have the Canada West Final, where should UBC make it that far, they will be playing one of the University of Alberta Pandas, who come into the postseason on a 13-game winning streak of their own, or they'll play the University of Manitoba. Uh, Manitoba, as mentioned, one of the only other teams that's actually beaten them this season. Alberta has a win against uh, UBC as well. So the Thunderbirds do have some tough sledding moving forward, but with one of the deepest teams ever seen in Canada West, they should have a strong shot at it. We will now turn things over to Jason Wang, who will give us a basketball update as the women's team played their quarterfinal series over the weekend and the men's basketball team had a bye. In UBC men's basketball, the Thunderbirds enter the playoff round with a one-week bye behind them in the play-in series from last week, and they will await to battle the Manitoba Bisons in the three-game series starting tonight. 
It'll be tonight for game one, tomorrow for game two, and if necessary, game three Saturday night. The Thunderbirds and Bisons have met once already for a two-game series earlier this season. Back in November, the Bisons were in War Memorial Gym for the two-game set and defeated by the Thunderbirds on both occasions. The T-Birds enter the playoff round with an 11-game winning streak that completed their regular season schedule and will be looking to take on their first playoff opponent to begin their postseason drive. The Bisons, meanwhile, last week in their best-of-three play-in series, swept the Regina Cougars in Winnipeg. They did so on the strength of their high-scoring guards Justice Aline and A.J. Bassey. The two combined for uh, more than uh, 30% of total team scoring in both games as the Bisons were able to beat the Cougars 94-84 last week in Game 1 and 88-80 last week Saturday to complete the two-game sweep. On the injury front for the Thunderbirds, two players to note with uh, hampering injuries will be entering this best-of-three series, not playing at quite 100% health. Uh, Connor Morgan is still recovering from an uh, ankle sprain suffered two weeks ago in the Friday game of the two-game series at Trinity Western. He sat out the Saturday game after that and has spent the last couple of weeks resting over the bye week and hoping to at least get back in the lineup, though he may not start in the starting five. Connor Morgan is the conference leading scorer at the end of conference play. At 23 points per game is the highest of all players offensively. Second in line, Jordan Jensen-White in his graduating season with the Thunderbirds averages 16 points per game. And the third highest score for the Thunderbirds, the T-Birds will count on Will Ondrick, another fifth-year senior player. He averages 10 points per game. At the point guard position, Phil Jalapur is uh, recovering from an unspecified injury, though he has been playing with reduced minutes, still out of the starting lineup, but uh, we've seen his performance numbers in both playmaking and defensive steals uh, come to a little bit of a slide in the last few weeks. We're hoping to see him back in better health to start the best of three series starting tonight. Over on the women's side of the basketball quarterfinal series and conference, the Thunderbirds will battle the Alberta Pandas in Edmonton starting tonight in their best of three series. The Pandas had a slightly better record in conference play than the Thunderbirds at 17-3. Thunderbirds just one game behind at 16-4. These two teams have met uh, in a two-game series earlier in the season. It was last month, uh, five weeks ago, the Thunderbirds and the Pandas battled in a two-game set at War Memorial Gym. This was a split decision between the two teams with Alberta winning the Saturday matchup 60-57 and the Thunderbirds winning the Friday matchup 71-64. Out of the play-in best of three series last week, the Thunderbirds advanced to the quarterfinal round by virtue of a two-game sweep of the Northern BC Timberwolves. Last week, Thunderbirds beat the Timberwolves 74-61 Friday and finished the sweep 76-55 on Saturday. The Thunderbirds had a remarkable performance off the bench from their defensive specialist Kristen Lindquist who led all players with 10 steals defensively, adding also 26 points across the two games combined. 
In our post-game interview with Kristen Lindquist, we asked her what her approach was through her defensive side of the game. Well, coming out defending, you know, the team, uh, UNBC had their season on the line tonight, so we knew it was going to be a really tough challenge. Um, every time we played them, it's been hard, so I just came out with a strong defensive focus. I know they have some really key players, so we just try to lock them down. All right, uh, next week you'll go back on the road to battle the University of Alberta Pandas in Edmonton for the quarterfinal series. Uh, what's your sense of the confidence level of your team to really push the playoff drive one more level? Well, you got to always try to be confident, but, you know, both our teams, both these teams, you know, we're fighting for it, so we don't want to go too hard. We know Alberta's a really tough challenge, so um, we're just trying to move on to the next one and focus and get ready for what we have to do to play them. All right, uh, over the next uh, few days, uh, we have a bit of a rest before the practice week uh, takes you into the road trip to leaving for Edmonton. What do you think your team has to work on to improve the game? Um, we got to work, you know, we got to make sure we got our execution down. Um, uh, keep trying to find those those looks that are good for us, you know, certain players, certain matchups. Um, Alberta's a whole different team, so there's a whole bunch of different stuff we got to prepare for. After this quick break for a public service announcement, we'll pause and come back with more updates from your weekly update of UBC Varsity Athletics here on Thunderbird Eye, 101.9 FM CITR in Vancouver. Your cell phone already has an FM receiver chip installed in it, but major Canadian telecommunication and mobile companies have blocked access to this free system to listen to the radio in favor of charging for data streaming. With access to the FM chip, your phone can still receive broadcasts and updates during an emergency, even if the cell towers are down. Visit freeradioonmyphone.ca to see how you can get involved by contacting your carrier and signing our petition. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. Welcome back here at CITR 101.9 FM. This is the Thunderbird Eye, and we'll move into volleyball now. Women's volleyball won a two-game stunning upset of the University of Alberta, handing them their first two losses of the season. Alberta came in as the top team in Canada West with a record of 20 wins and no losses. And on Friday, it was a three-set-to-one victory over the Pandas. UBC claiming the first set before Alberta came back for the second, and UBC winning the first two by a margin of two points each. In the game, the Thunderbirds had 53 kills to Alberta's 46, eight aces to Alberta's fives, uh, 13 blocks to Alberta's 11th, and uh, 49 assists to Alberta's 46. Danielle Breezebois led the Thunderbirds with a game-high 19 kills. Juliana Kaufmanis and Siobhan Finnan came in second with 9 each. And on the other side, Meg Casso with 15 kills, Casey Otto put up 14, and Shawnee Hogg managed 7. Maggie Lee with a game-high 4 kills. And she also managed a game-high seven blocks in addition to that. And on Saturday, it was a three-set-to-two victory over Alberta um, to close out the seniors' weekend for the Thunderbirds as they will say goodbye to their captain, 
Daniel Breesbaugh, among other players as well. Um, the University of Alberta won the first set 25-21 to before the Thunderbirds stormed back, winning the second 25-15 to and the third 25-13. to Alberta came back in the fourth and staved off instant elimination with 25-22 to before the Thunderbirds edged them out in extra sets 18-16. to The Thunderbirds got 80 points to Alberta's 63.5 with 49 kills to Alberta's 44, a whopping 12 aces in the game to Alberta's 6, 19 blocks to Alberta's 13, and 48 assists to Alberta's 41. Daniel Breesball once again led the team with 21 kills, Juliana Kaufmanis with 7, and Maggie Lee with 6. On the other side, Casey Otto managed 15 kills, Meg Casso with 12, and Vanessa Jarman with 8. Maggie Lee again led with fourteen with uh, four aces, tied with uh, Kiara Hanley. And Maggie Lee led the team with 11 blocks. Olivia Furlan managed 27 assists for the Thunderbirds, while Maria Walsh on the other side grabbed 38 of her own. And with that victory, that bumps the Thunderbirds up to third place. They've long since clinched a playoff spot. But now with a record of 18-4, and four, they are only five points behind Trinity Western for second place and six points behind Alberta for first. And we will move into men's volleyball now, who played back-to-back games against the University of Alberta Golden Bears. The Golden Bears won the first game three sets to one. Um, the Thunderbirds winning the first set 25-21 to 21 before Alberta came back and won the final three sets by narrow margins, actually, 25-23, to 25-22, to and 25-22 to again. In the box score, the Thunderbirds got 60.5 points to Alberta's 62. Alberta managed eight extra kills, while the Thunderbirds got 10 aces over Alberta's four. Both teams tied with 10 blocks and 43 assists for Alberta compared to 40 for UBC. Irvin Brar led the team with 12 kills. Matt Guidi also managed 12. Irvin Brar got four aces. And Byron Katarakis putting up 35 assists in the game. On the other side, Ryan Nikifor got 13 kills. Brett Walsh with, uh, or excuse me, Tariq Sani with 13 himself. And in assists, Brett Walsh managed a ridiculous 40 assists in the game. And the other game was Saturday's result, where the Thunderbirds won 3-2 over the University of Alberta. And Alberta winning the first set 25-22 and the second set 25-16 before UBC stormed back with three thrilling sets, 25-23, 25-23, and 15 to 9 to give UBC the win. And the men's standings now updated. The Thunderbirds sit in fourth place. They've clinched a playoff spot as well with a record of 15 wins and seven losses. They sit five points back from Alberta for third place, uh, who are tied with Trinity Western, and with a comfortable 10 point lead on Brandon, who sit right below them in the standings. Men's volleyball will now take on the University of Brandon and the women will play them as well. Brandon for both men's and women's volleyball are fairly middling teams 
in men's volleyball. They've also clinched a playoff spot. So that should be an entertaining fixture. And that will come this weekend in Brandon on Friday at 5.45 p.m. and Saturday at 4.45 p.m. for the men's volleyball. And for the women's volleyball, we will get start times of... 4 p.m. and 3 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and you'll be able to catch that on CanadaWest.tv. That will be the last action before the Canada West quarterfinals, which will come on March 3rd and 4th, and if necessary, March 5th as well. And that does it for the Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you very much for joining us, and stay tuned tomorrow at 7 p.m. for women's ice hockey, the uh, semi-final matchup against the University of Saskatchewan from Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Center. Also, we will be broadcasting online on CanadaWest.tv tonight, men's basketball, both tonight, tomorrow, and if necessary, Saturday. So listen live for that. Coming up next will be Seymour with your Persian Cultural Fix. You are tuned in to CITR 101.9 FM. Hey UBC, did you know that one car crash victim can need up to 50 blood donations to survive? We're from the UBC Blood for Life Club that aims to diversify and expand Canada's stem cell and blood donor registry. We hold drives across campus and we need you. Check us out at facebook.com slash UBC Blood Club to learn more on how, when, and where you can save a life. <laughs> 